Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following presentation is an Marvel Studios production. Welcome back, Truth Seekers from around the world. It's time for another edition of The Flat Earth Files. I hope this podcast finds you well. And uh, we have a great guest standing by. His name is Mark, and we're going to bring him on in just a moment. But before we do that, just two reminders. First and foremost, please stop by the website, theflatearthfiles.com. Check out our 24-7 streaming radio. Uh, Check out the chat room. Drop in, say hello. Uh, leave us a message on our speak pipe, which we're getting about one or two a day now. It's been very busy. Or if you have questions for the masses, stop in the forum and leave your information there. And uh, people get a lot of comments. So check it out. It's theflatearthfiles.com. Also, make sure, pardon, if you'd like to join the podcast like Mark is today, questions, comments, concerns, it is theflatearthfiles at gmail.com. That is theflatearthfiles at gmail.com. And as always, uh, those links to the website and the email you can always find in the show description. That is the housekeeping for today. Let's get right to our guest. And uh, please help me welcome Mark. Mark, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing really well. Thank you, George. And uh, thanks for stopping by. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Yeah, my name is Mark. Um living in Tennessee, presently with my family, um, born and raised in LA, uh, not Louisiana, Los Angeles. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, had fairly, I'll say fairly typical childhood. Um, I, my my parents, particularly my dad is from, uh, uh, he came from Bosnia. So he's an immigrant, my, uh, my mother's parents uh, and her family came in the early 20th century. Um, so being raised um, as a somewhat, I'd say I kind of felt like a foreigner a little uh, sometimes growing up um, in my neighborhood because we were surrounded by a huge, large, large uh, you know, Croatian Roman Catholic family. And 
a lot of weekends, I would say just about every weekend was some function, whether it's a baptism, funeral, wedding, communion, uh, confirmation. There was always something. So I actually didn't have a ton of extra curricular activity with friends on the street and stuff um, on the weekends. So in a way, I kind of felt a little bit um, on the outside until probably about um, high school. Um, but uh, like I said, born and raised in that the Catholic family, um, I, I wasn't saved until um, late in 2008. Um, and so I, I Catholicism and being brought up in, in a large family like I was had, had a huge impact on me. Um, and, and a lot of those things haven't really, um, I, I haven't really recognized a lot of them until recently. You know, the older I get, I look back and I say, well, why do you act this way? Why do you think this way? Well, a lot has to do with being raised um, in, in that kind of uh, environment. Now, did you did you go to a Catholic school? Yeah, uh, 12 years, all the way through high school. Um, my parents, that was very important to them. We didn't have we didn't have a, a lot of money, that's for sure. But um, that was a major uh, of major importance to both of my parents to have uh, myself and I have two sisters. Um, you know, they 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 did sacrifice quite a bit to send us through a uh, private school and it benefited us greatly. Um, and I know that uh, having a private education rather than public there are a lot of benefits to it, even if it's, you know, in the Catholic Church, um, it, it did have a lot of benefits. And you grew up uh, in the 70s and 80s in, in Los Angeles and Southern California, and um, you graduated. At what point did you find your way uh, from from SoCal uh, into Tennessee? Well, it's been, yeah, <laughs> that's quite a story. Um I got married in 2005. My, my wife is from Southern California as well, from uh, San Clemente down in Orange County. Um, and we met in uh, San Luis Obispo. I don't know if you've been, but it's just north of Santa Barbara, a beautiful town. Um, but when we started working um, as, you know, real adults, you know, looking for a home, all that stuff, it, that particular area was, it was formidable even then to even dream about buying a house. And so in 2008, I, um, after a lot of applying and, and looking around, I, I got a job in the Seattle area. So we moved up to Washington State in 2008. And um, I worked for um, city government and then for local government. Um, and my, my last job, I worked for 10 years uh, for a local government. And um, in 2000. Well, in 2021, I guess, is when the hammer really dropped. Um, they started pushing the COVID vaccines. And um, really, to make a long story short, because I could go on for days, of course, um, I had to make the choice. And um, it, it was an easy choice. Um, there's been difficulty with it, of course. But, um, you know, I lost lost about 15 years of pension. Um, but my wife and I decided that it was more important for us to um, live in a an area um, with more freedom, uh, more uh, like-minded people, et cetera. It had a, the Seattle area had gone from fairly, I, I don't want to say idyllic because I can't really paint that picture, but it was a, it was a good place to live when we first moved there. We would go into Seattle and go to the symphony and, you know, enjoy dinner down there. And it, it really, I would say, started going upside down around the time my daughter was born in 2012. And it just, it really just 
started plummeting as far as, um, uh, you know, the way of life and um, the heavy handedness of the government, et cetera. And then COVID really, um, really brought the uh, dark into the light. And so we packed up everything. We, we settled on Tennessee and made the drive, said our goodbyes to our families. And we've been out here since, um, well, we came out here in December of 2021. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Tennessee is a, is just a jewel. Every time we drive through on 40, um, my wife, you know, she, she's just, her dream is to build a log cabin in the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Uh, it's just so beautiful down there. The people are wonderful. Um, the air quality is good. It's, the cost of living is affordable. And uh, it's definitely a great place to go to, to, to raise a family. Um, and you certainly did escape. And, and I wanted to ask you, because you were there, uh, because I, I did notice, too, that 2012 is kind of when things took uh, a sharp turn um, and I was in the, the SeaTac area, I guess it would have been 2018 or 2019. Uh, my buddy retired from JBLM, Joint Base McCord up there uh, outside of Tacoma. And uh, as pretty as it is, you're right, it is. You can definitely tell it's a different vibe uh, in that community. Was there a certain event that that led up to it or was it a slow boil and, and all of a sudden, um, you know, the, the wokeism or whatever term you want to use to, uh, you know, and a lot of it really reared its ugly head in 2020 with Chaz and everything else that was going on yeah. in bizarro world up there. But was there something that happened in 2012 that really sparked it? Or is that just, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I don't, I don't have a great answer for that. I, I can say that when, when I first, when we first moved there, um, I was so just involved in starting life over and just get getting at it, you know, and, and earning a living and all that. And, and being in a new area, of course, as well, that you kind of you're still soaking it all in. Um, when I changed jobs in 2012 um, and was making, you know, better money, all that. We had a house now, all these things. Um, we lived in a pretty nice area. Um, I think the human brain the the capacity for sort of um i don't i don't know what you would call it but sort of finding your your happy place um you you can kind of just be in your own little enclave and almost ignore the stuff going on around you so i don't know if that was part of it i'm sure it is a little bit um i've always been a news junkie so i i wasn't sitting there in the dark i knew all these things were going on around us um but i didn't experience a lot of it. We, we stopped going into Seattle because we saw the crime. Uh, you know, we had, I'd been down there once and I saw somebody steal something. And, um, even down the street from us, we had a, um, I don't want to say an abandoned home, a home that wasn't being lived in. Uh, it was for sale and, you know, some, uh, RV moved in next in front of it. And it was one of those, you know, things being held together by, uh, by coat hangers and tape. And, uh, they squatted in that building. And I just, that's when I, and that was probably around 20, 15 or 16 when my daughter was was little and that kind of affected me personally like seeing that what was going on just you know a block and a half away where she rides her bike um when i started thinking yeah this place for it to come that close to home uh was when my eyebrows were definitely raised um but to, to make a long story short i think it was a slow boil for me and then when it did hit it hit 
you know, there was no escaping it. You couldn't pretend anymore. That's that's too bad. I've had so many people, including I think my mom had mentioned at one point that they used to go to Portland all the time and, and Seattle all the time in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s. And, um, you know, especially Portland, what do they call it, the Rose City and just how beautiful it used to be. And now it's just a shell uh, of what it used to be. And it really just goes to show what politicians, what poor politicians, I should say, what poor politicians can do to an entire city. It's it's really sad. It, it, it really is. Now, you made a bold decision. So obviously you were at some point awake uh, you were hesitant to take uh, the old jab. Now, you did mention that you came to Christ in 2008. And uh, can you kind of go from there, your journey to the truth from being saved in 2008 and the people who influenced you into your awakening? And uh, where was Flat Earth in the whole realm of being awake? Sure. Uh, I, I think I was always skeptical. OK, I'll, I'll say that right up right out the gate, you know, I think I said, you know, when I was a kid, I would look at the moon, I would just stare at it. And I would think, you know, that kind of looks, you know, the, the dark spaces on the moon, I said, that kind of looks like the earth. And I would, but I would keep that in my head. I wouldn't tell anybody because I figured it sounded silly. So I would always kind of was out there a little bit, um, thinking outside the box, I, I suppose. Uh, but when, when, my wife and I moved to Seattle. We found a really great church that we liked a lot. We, we ended up leaving that church about two, three years later. But that's when, when I started getting into my Bible more regularly, um, I started just, you know, what happens a lot of time when, when, when you're saved or when, when you first become saved, you kind of dig into it pretty hard. A lot of people do. And I, and I was no exception. And so at work, at the time I had a, an iPod and I would download or listen to like A.W. Tozer, um, and I would just listen to sermons or, or different different um, like sermon audio, um, things like that. And I would listen to it a lot. And I and I don't know the exact person, but I think at, at one point, um, um, I think it was the Giants. I'm I'm fairly certain it was the Nephilim. Something in a um, in a podcast. I'm like, okay, I've never heard that before. And so it started with the Nephilim, and turned into Rob Skiba, you know, that that's kind of like, had, and, and started to listening to other podcasts that talked about the giants and, and just, and that kind of started, I would say the, the real journey into like, okay, um, what, what have we been taught that has um, set us down the wrong path? Like we've been taught so many things that, you know, I, I giants were always mythology, right? Always. Um, and, and once my eyes opened up to the fact that, okay, the word of God is telling me that giants existed, but man tells me that that was mythology. Okay. What else, what else is there? Um, and, uh, but of course, you know, you know, Rob Skiba and Eric today, but particularly Rob, you know, he, he went from, I think it was maybe 2012 or 13, 14. I'm not exactly sure, but he went from Nephilim and then like went, head on into flat earth. Um, it seemed he, he took a huge shift. Um, and I'd say I started that major shift right around that time with him because I, I really respected him. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you the one thing that really, um, I don't know if you ever heard it because Rob has so many <laughs> hours and hours of audio out there, but did you ever hear him talk about uh, Nimrod? Yes. Yeah. Just incredible yeah. stuff. And yeah, it, it, it's such a loss 
uh, losing him last year. His wife actually came out within yeah. the last few months and uh, kind of came out in public and she made a speech. It was on YouTube. I, I'd have to go back and find it. If I do find it, I'll link it in the show description. Um, you know, they were like two peas in a pod and it, it, it was a huge loss for the truth community. And he was such a follower of Christ. And uh, he, he, he was a very critical thinker. And uh, I, too, uh, one of the first people who introduced me to the Nephilim and to Giants in Genesis 6 uh, was Rob Skiba as well. Uh, on that note, did you have a chance to listen to the Gary Wayne episode yet? Yes. I, and um, In fact, I have uh, I have the Genesis 6 conspiracy. I have that book. I, I got about halfway into it. He's a, he's a great writer. Um, it's a very heady book, but I but it's a good book. Um, so I'm, I'm very familiar with him because I, I've listened to um, Canary Cry Radio, for example, and Rob used to had been on that. And I, in fact, Sheila was on that not too long ago, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it's, um, yeah, that's, I'm, 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 I'm aware of, uh, like Nimrod, for example, you had brought up Nimrod. Yeah. Uh, I, I would really like to, um, I, I want to be around for the day because, you know, that says he turned into a, what is it? Gibberim. Yep. Um, Nim- I, I feel like the technology is out there that we're going to see that. I, I, I don't know what that even means, but there's nothing new under the sun. And uh, um, I just wonder if we're, if we're going to live to see um, the return of him, you know, as, as a giant, like I, I, I wonder if that's the form it's going to take or if it's going to be more of the um, left behind kind of <laughs> scenario. Yeah, that's definitely Going to be interesting times for sure if we're, if we're yeah. here to see that. Um, yeah. You had mentioned in your email that, um, you know, looking at the moon was kind of comforting for you. And you you really took the time uh, in your, you know, I guess in the last five or ten years to really devote to learning about the, the true shape of biblical earth. Was there a certain... A bullet point that resonated with you in your search to like, did you come into uh, like, I'm going to disprove heliocentrism and you couldn't, or was it just that the flat earth made too much sense? Was there uh, a smoking gun in, in your research that said, yeah, this is, you know, the, the biblical cosmology makes a lot more sense than uh, the spinning ball. Yeah. Um, it was actually a pretty easy thing for me to accept that the earth was flat of course we don't know the exact you know how it, how it looks exactly but but um you know when they started taking what really opened my eyes was when they started taking things off of youtube because i because i feel like when when whoever the powers that be are when they start ta- either attacking verbally or taking things um away from the public so they can't see it anymore if it was just another myth, for example, Bigfoot, you could look up a million. You type Big, Bigfoot in YouTube, and you're going to get a bunch of stuff, right? Or Loch Ness monsters. So they obviously don't view it like that, right? It, it, it seems to be a um, a real hot button thing that they do not want people to see. So, um, and and I do believe that, of course, that men are liars, and and um, and knowing that, having that knowledge that. Um, that men are, for the most part, they're out for themselves, out to, to protect their own interests. Um, it was actually really easy for me to look at the story that I was told since I was a little kid 
um, and ha having a globe everywhere and, um, you know, being inundated with it. And then when flat earth came around, it wasn't a, a it wasn't a difficult shift. It was actually very easy for me. Um, and, uh, and, and the, I, I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me was just the Bible itself. Um, I feel like the more I learn about flat earth and I watch videos and I, it could be overwhelming sometimes because um, there are a variety of, of opinions out there, but the sort of the more time that passes, the older I get, and especially with, with raising a daughter, um, I want to go back into the word and see where we're being told by God, our reality and the Bible, you know, it's pretty, it could be a little cryptic, of course, but I think it's pretty specific in other um, in, in other parts, um, and it being stationary, for example, I mean, that's, that's huge. You can't just pretend that it doesn't say that. Um, and I, I and I've heard Christians, um, other Christians, people that I really like, um, take something like the still earth and they'll, they'll, they'll do mental jujitsu to get to a spinning ball. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of easy to spot now. Um, so yeah, I, I, the Bible to me right now is kind of the, the, the answer, um, the answer to the question. I still enjoy the videos and obviously I listen to your podcast and, and everything. Uh, but I like, I really like when you have guests, they bring up different Bible verses that I hadn't heard before or paid enough attention to. And then I get to go back and and look and and i have the you know the blue letter bible where you can search on terms of course and that's been a huge help yeah that strong concordance and there's so many tools out there that yes. are really really helpful and you know what's really cool is you know people listen to these podcasts and then they'll and maybe they're not even uh, at the time they listen to the podcast bible believers they're kind of getting into it because flat earth has led a lot of people back to god and I'll get questions, and I'll have to go back and do my research again. So it is, um, I've spent a lot more time in the Bible, which is a good thing, uh, since this podcast has started, because I'm getting Q&As. I think just, was it yesterday or today, somebody had asked me about uh, Genesis 1 chapter, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, when God said, let there be light, and there was light. And uh, the emailer said, uh, well, the, the sun hadn't you know, he didn't made the sun and the moon yet. That That's a couple of verses later. So what was uh, the light uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3? So th there's always, you know, questions uh, to, to, to research within that. That's so amazing. I mean, to, to ponder God is, I mean, that's all you can do, right? I mean, you're, gonna, you're not going to get past ponder. Uh, so, I, but I'll tell you what, the, the one thing that really bothers me is... Um, Biblically speaking, when people bring up the whole circle of the earth thing in Isaiah, yeah, and they and they say it's evidence of the ball. Um, can I can I read Isaiah to you? Yeah, is that the uh, one with the grasshoppers? Yes. Yep. Please yes. do. It's Isaiah forty, verse twenty-two. Okay, I'll, I'll read. This is a King James, but it's, it says, "It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, as stretches stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain." and spread them out as a tent to dwell. Okay, circle. When I hear the word circle, I don't think of a ball. I just, if you do a Google search on circle, it's a, it's a 2D, it's a, I can have a, a circular table that's as 
plasma act. Okay. Now, if we take the same book, Isaiah, and we go to, we go back a few chapters to, to Isaiah 22, verse 18. Have you ever read that one? Which one again? I'm sorry. Isaiah 22, verse 18. Yeah, I think that's if similar to the one you just read, 40, yeah. Yeah. So it says, he will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball into a large country. So in, you know, roughly 20 chapters before the, the circle, Isaiah is talking about a ball. So he knows what a ball is. Um. So if, if it was a ball, he would have very well have said, he sat upon the ball of the earth. But he didn't. He was very specific. He said circle of the earth. Um, and so I, I, when people bring up the circle, I'm like, okay, backtrack to 22, because he said ball. He knows what a ball is. Um, so I, I've always found that a little interesting, because I, I, that, that seems to be an argument from a lot of Christians uh, with believing the, the, you know, the heliocentric model is the circle of the earth. And it just you couple that with a footstool. It's like you, know, you don't have a. I've never seen a footstool in the shape of a globe. Exactly, and and yeah. I've never looked. I've never looked at a ball and say, "Look, it's a circle." And and yeah. going back to what you said, if you look at the actual definition of circle, um, there, there's two big differences. One, the circle is a two D, and obviously a ball is a three D. But secondly. If you look at the actual definition, it's funny. There's a word in there that should resonate with everybody. It says a circle is a shape consisting of all points in a plane. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. There's a, um, which, which one is this? It's Joe, um, where he talks about the circuit of heaven. And um, when you look up, I want to see, this is the, the Strong's. Job twenty two fourteen, I believe. Maybe that was it. Yeah, because I'm looking at the Hebrew, and it says circuit means a circle, sphere used of the arch or vault of the sky. So and it's talking about the circuit. It's talking about a vault. Yep. An arch, which brings me, you know, to to the rainbow. When I see a rainbow, um, you know, as a child, you hear rainbow, and you're thinking like a a, a bow on your, you know, tie a bow on your shoe. But that when I see a rainbow, I see an image of, of the dome, the covering. You know, I do as well. Yeah. I, I think it's a perfect representation of, of this covering over us. That's right. Um, so, yeah. that. But uh, circle and ball. Isaiah says them both. So next time somebody tells you that circle means a ball, the point of that. But, um, yeah. There you go. Now, now that you have realized that we live on a flat plane, how did you present that to your wife? She, I mean, she took to it right away. Uh, it didn't take a lot of convincing. I, I had her listen to, um, I, you know, I think I gave her at that time, it was either Eric Dubay or um, what's what's the guy's name? Um, is it Flat Earth Clues guy? Is that it? Um, oh, Mark Sargent. Mark Sargent. Yes. Yes. I think I had her listen to Mark Sargent, actually. And she was, um, and I don't know what to think of him. Now it doesn't really matter, um, but but I'm fairly certain that's who I pointed her toward, um, and she said those are all valid points. And then along with the fact that she's, um, I mean, she's in her Bible way more than I am. I mean, she's she's amazing, and um, and with that, with the strength of her reading of God's word, she's um, 
I, I don't think she has any doubt as to the shape of the earth at all. So she was she was really easy to talk to. I mean, I could talk to her about it now. She's not in, fully invested like I am, but I don't have any um, reservations bringing her more information or even kind of crazier ideas. You know, um, she's like even with the COVID thing, we were so on board with that. Um, we were on the same page that it's really strengthened our marriage. And, and I would even say this as well. Um, it's, it's strengthened our marriage when, when you kind of you, you make a move across the country. Um, that, that's obviously a huge commitment. And you want somebody on your side who thinks the same way as you. And it, it is also pretty helpful to have um, somebody on the same page as you when it comes to the earth that you're living on. It makes things a little easier. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, speaking to John Kerwin the other day, you know, th there were a lot of people uh, with COVID that it destroyed marriages uh, because of the divisiveness. And with other folks like yourself, like uh, me and my wife, we went through some, you know, rough times as well. And um, I, I guess now's the good time to kind of segue into that, which... Uh, I, I'm going to spend this entire weekend uh, working on an episode for Tuesday's Fact Hunter. We're, we're going to do a massive retrospect on COVID with all the tyranny and everything that happened. But number one, did it affect uh, with your extended family? Was there any devices, uh, you know, divide within your extended family or were you all on the same page? Um, okay, so again, with my, I have a huge family. Um, so it extends uh, a lot, a lot of people, but the people that I'm in contact with, um, no, I think we were all, I think we we're all on the same page. My younger sister is a nurse and she's not at all on the same page. Um, and, um, but, but we've never been really close. Um, my older sister and I are much closer. Um, my older sister, it's just unfortunate the, the way it all went down. And I, I, my older sister, she's incredibly smart. Um, she was a principal. Um, she was a teacher. Um, but she went out and got it, you know. And I didn't admonish her or anything, but she knows how I feel. My Both of my parents got it. Um, my dad is immunocompromised. He had, he's had numerous cancers. Um, he's, he's still going, though. But um, I think he was advised, and he followed the advice. Um, but as, as far as like our move out here, it, everybody supported it. There's nobody who said, I mean, obviously they know why we came out. So nobody said, well, Mark, you're, you're overreacting. You don't need to make such a big move. Um, they had a sort of a going away party for us. And a lot of my relatives came. And although it wasn't really a topic of conversation like COVID specifically, um, everybody knew why. And everybody was really supportive. Um, but I mean, if I could go, my, my sister, my older sister, she, during COVID had her teachers, um, you know, all doing the zoom classes that everybody was doing. Right. And, um, at some point she wanted to reward them. Um, and so she had the teachers meet in a, uh, at a park, bring their own blankets and she supplied food. She went to a local Mexican place and supplied food and some, uh, nosy neighbor called the cops on, <laughs> even though they were all on separate blankets. And, yeah. So. I think she got a taste of the, you know, of, of just how bad it was. Um, so she didn't have any issue or say anything negative to us um, coming out here. I, I had to go to a funeral. My my uncle passed away 
during COVID and it was at a Croatian Catholic church. And, you know, they did the separating of people, but the, the reality is within about five to 10 minutes, nobody was, you know, following along and kind of just, everybody was wearing masks, of course. Um, but the, the, the overall vibe of the room was, they all knew it was nonsense. And, um, you know, unfortunately the churches had to follow some protocols, but, um, they were, they were fairly lenient for that. But of course he couldn't have, you know, if my uncle was a very, uh, um, beloved person and he probably would have had 2000 people at his funeral, but I think they had to keep it down to like 50 or whatever it was. So it was a real shame. Yeah. Two things I'll, I'll kind of tell you. Number one, I had to drive, uh, I think it was once a month. I had to drive from Tazer, Hungary, uh, to Sarajevo and back and driving through Croatia, one of the most amazing countries, beautiful countries, the friendliest people, everybody smiled, everybody waved. Um, and it, it's kind of crazy how just a border, how everything can change going from just Croatia to, uh, the former Republic of Yugoslavia. It's just, uh, incredible. Uh, but just awesome people. Zagreb beach is, you know, one of the best beaches in the world. Um, and they've kind of kept, um, they haven't really had this huge, from what I've heard, they haven't really had this huge influx of, uh, folks from other countries like, you know, Europe and, and, and America has seen. So um, it's one of the few gems left in the world. And uh, yeah, but here's the thing, now that you're saying that, uh, the problem, I don't want to say the problem, but I'm being a little facetious, but uh, it was, it was always, Croatia was always sort of the hidden hidden gem. Uh, a lot of people from Europe would go there to the coast because it is so beautiful, but um, the, the cat's out of the bag kind of, and it's, it's definitely, you know, they've, Especially after the war, there were a lot of uh, Croatian Americans with money that invested back into the country and putting up more hotels and things like that. And I think it's um, uh, a, an uncle of mine moved to Zadar right on the uh, coast there as well. And it's definitely it, I don't think it's a secret anymore. That's for sure. Yeah, I got a really a cool beer mug, beer stein from Croatia that I still have to this day. I got fond memories uh, of that place. That's, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So you got to have some food, too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That, that part of the world is so is so interesting. Now, obviously, when you get into Kosovo and and uh, Bosnia and Serbia, the, you know, that that kind of strife has been going on for a long, long time. Right. Going yeah. Even going back to World War One, that time frame. Right. That's where uh, uh, what's his name? Ferdinand. Right. That that was Yugoslavia where he got uh, shot. Yeah. Yeah. Archduke Ferdinand. Uh, and and um, but it is Tito was around when my father was there and that's he and his brothers and so they, they all had to escape they all went left at separate times but um they all had to escape just because it got so bad you know my dad would tell me that you, you would have to whisper um if you wanted to talk politics because you were afraid of your neighbor turning you in it kind of sounds like covid <laughs> yeah there you go and it's funny uh not funny haha but yeah you know yeah i, I read an article uh, a guy who he, he's more, I guess, a, a social media guy being popular that way, but he's he's a good dude. And he wrote a story last week on uh, his father died in 2020, uh, July of 2020. And uh, he had, a, I think he lived in SoCal and the funeral was in Seattle. So he went up to Seattle. They only allowed one person in there at a time. So there was the casket with his dad in it and one person at a time could go inside. So he, he remembered just sitting in uh, the funeral parlor by himself with his dad. You know, and he's like, my dad was salt of the earth and just you know, everybody, how they think of their father and, 
you know, and for him to go out that way, he was very saddened. But he, he also mentioned driving back. Oregon apparently is a state where you're not allowed to pump your own gas. He didn't know that. So he's like, you know, I get out of, uh, I pull up to a gas station and, and I start to get out of my car. And, and he encountered that type of thing. The gas station attendant is like, what are you doing out of your car? And uh, he's like, I forgot I couldn't pump my gas. And he's like, what are you even traveling for? This there, There's a global pandemic going on. And, and just, you know, how uh, just regular people, <laughs> not, you oh, know, yeah. it, it's bad enough that the government shut us down, but for, for the, the same people to embrace the enslavement and, and tr- you know, try to think that you have more power over someone else, the entire thing was just clown world. It's, it's just lunacy. And I can't tell you how many times I was told to pull my mask up over my nose uh, by, you know, like 15 year olds. <laughs> It was just, uh, yeah, it was, um, I have no, so my wife's father still lives out in uh, Washington. Um, they have a place, a beach house in Oregon as well. Uh, great place and all that, real beautiful. But I, uh, and she was just out there visiting. And I told her, I really have no desire to ever go out there again, to even give that state my money again. Um, just, just because the way it, it all went down. And I, I mean, I, I do harbor a lot of resentment. Of course, I, I've given a lot of it up. Um, but you know, I, I, I gave up a lot. I gained a lot, but I certainly, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm 51 and I was planning another, you know, 15, 16 years and then getting out with my pension. And I, I really don't have that option as of yet. Um, so I've had to, you know, that was a big decision. Obviously it wasn't a big decision to come out here, but I mean, th- th- this idea of, Hey, you're giving up, you're giving up a pension essentially. I'll get a little bit, but um, in the end, re- the reality is, is for my, for my daughter, you know, she's homeschooled. Um, it's just a better environment out here. So if I could at least give her that before I, I go, um, I think it'll have been worth it. Yeah, and I really applaud your conviction, and I felt terrible for everybody. You know, my thoughts were with all the the guys in the military who maybe were, you know, had how many people had 17, 18 years in the military invested, and, you know, the the same thing. And and in the military, you you start collecting your pension upon retirement. You don't have to wait till you're 60, 62, 65. You, You start getting it right away, and you invest that much time and effort uh, into it. And then you're told if you don't get this, you, you're going to lose it all. Uh, it's just, uh, and listen, if you don't, uh, I've said this many times, if we don't have physical autonomy, we have no hope for freedom. And to see our fellow Americans champion the tyranny, uh, that, that, that was brought upon us was really bothersome. And, uh, to all the people, I'm not going to get into the politics. I don't do that on this program, but to the folks who say, just wait till November of 2024 and everything will be better. Uh, you need to put down the hopium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, um, it was, for me, it was just disconcerting to see the, you know, people that you trusted, um, I, you know, I lost, I lost a couple friends, but I definitely lost one that was, I was pretty close to. And, um, because I felt like it was one of those situations where like, if you have a buddy who's like, Hey Mark, if you're ever getting in a fight and somebody's beating you up, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to scrap with you and you know, whatever, I'm going to be there for you. And then if that ever, you know, ever happened, 
you just watch them turn around and run away. That's kind of what I felt with this is like, hey, you know, if the government ever does this, this and this, you know, we'll 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 all buy a commune together and get out of here. And and uh, that's not what happened. Uh, my friend, he um, he was in in tech and um, he was able to sell a business and do very well and move out of state. Um, and he decided that taking flights and being able to start another business, you know, you know, business as usual was worth it for him. That that was his reasoning for getting the vaccine was so that he can fly again. And I thought, you know, you've got your wife, you've got your kids, you've got this new house, um, you've got this money in the bank. You could start a little coffee shop, you know, for you could do something. Why why does it have to be? Why do you have to get this shot in order to go fly again? And I, I it was so short sighted of so many people to say, you know, I just need to get that shot so I can fly. I'm like, why don't you just chill out, give it a little time and see what happens. And, and there weren't enough people that were willing to chill out and give it some time. Um, and I knew, I, I, I told my uh, management, you know, I was in management and I, I had people above me and um, I told them, this is a mistake. It's a mistake to push this. I said, given time, there are gonna be lawsuits. And um, they basically said, oh, well, we'll deal with it then. And um, just pushed it. So, yeah, just kind of feeling that sense of betrayal. You work for somebody for, you know, I was with them for 10 years. And then, you know, to, to not even give a, um, a little bit of, of compassion, sympathy, whatever you want to call it, toward, toward people that work for you, um, just blew me away. But it, it also revealed, revealed, people's um true motivations and i guess there's positive in that as, as hurtful as it is in the moment it's good to know now a hundred percent and again i do believe to this day that the, the the overplaying of covid has led to a lot of people waking up to everything else that's going on um and with covid we see that they use fear to control people and then kind of coming back around full circle. Um, I believe, and I'd like your thoughts on this, that uh, heliocentrism is another one of these tools that they use for fear. Um, you see they're going crazy with the climates and everything else, but they can also uh, play the alien card, which is something that they've hinted at for the last 40 years since the Reagan era. Uh, and of course, it, it really came out in the 50s, which was nothing more than uh, stolen technology from the Germans and just, you know, things they, they experiment with. It's not little green men from uh, Draconia or wherever. But, um, you know, the asteroids could hit us any day. So I, I think uh, hiding God is probably one, well, certainly number one. And number two is uh, fear and control. What are your thoughts on uh, heliocentrism and why it's important to them? Uh, well, you're absolutely right i mean it's it's the ultimate lie um you know i i think um satan's been hard at work for a long time pushing all of his lies but i think if, if ultimately if you can tell people that they're prisoners um and that they're an accident um and you do it from the moment they can comprehend who they are um that that kind of programming it's not easy to just just to forget. Now, I will say this: I was at a uh, 
I was at a friend's house and, and this is apropos to the conversation. I was at a friend's house just recently. My wife was out of town and, and um, they're fellow Christian friends of mine, awesome people. Uh, I really do respect them. But one of them in particular is huge into space. Um, and so is his son. I mean, they love NASA, this, and one of his biggest heroes is Buzz Aldrin. He, he laments to this day that he had an opportunity to meet him and he passed it up. And so we were talking about this and I, and I don't know who asked me, but at some point somebody saw the look on my face and, uh, oh yeah. And, and, and he said, um, do you not think we went to the moon? I said, no, I don't. And, uh, really you could have heard a pin drop. And he said, why not? You want to know what my incredibly eloquent answer was to that? What's it was that? Um, because it's so stupid. That was my answer. I, that's all I could come up with at the time is, you know, why, why don't you think we went to the moon? And I said, because it's so stupid. Uh, and then I just kind of started laying out some of the things that bothered me about it. Um, uh, obviously, the technology was, was <laughs> you know, they had phones the size of a, a shoe back then. And. Uh, I mean, the technology wasn't up, uh, not even close. You look at the, the lunar lander and it's made of sticks and tape. And anyhow, I started pointing these things out. And I think uh, I think I was losing them a little bit. But at the same time, I actually was a little proud of myself because I felt that that was the opening. Like, OK, Mark is the 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 disbeliever, the moon disbeliever guy. Um, at least now they know that. And I feel like my sort of trepidation to ever bringing up flat earth, I've, I've kind of pierced pierce that a little bit um, because now I can see that topic coming up again, like, Oh, Mark doesn't believe we landed on the moon. And I can kind of start pushing some biblical, you know, cause we're Christians. I can start pushing some biblical stuff at them and then maybe flat earth will, cause I don't want to just come out and say flat earth. Right. I want it to come out, um, you know, naturally. And I, and I feel like the moon thing being brought up without me even bringing it up um, helped with that. Um, and to your point about the fear, um, that actually came up. I, I told them that, um, if, if tomorrow, you know, the, the skies opened up and a UFO came down and, um, some beings came down, you know, filled with light and they said, you're, you know, they were lying to you. There is no God. We put you here. I said, how many people, including Christians would believe? And, um, I don't, I don't know if I got an answer. I don't think I got an answer to that, but, but, but that's, that's the truth. I think people who call, who, who, I don't want to say call themselves. I, I think good God fearing Christians out there, um, you know, God himself says that, that the deceit would be so great that if it were possible, even the elect would fall for it. Right. Um, so I, can you just imagine, can you imagine when you, when you believe this thing that we're out here, in the middle of nowhere and there are other planets and other beings and they can come here and come and go as they please. Um, and that someday they're going to come and tell us that they are our saviors and they put us here. How many people would drop their faith in a heartbeat? Um, and I, and I think that that is probably part of the plan, you know, the, the big alien thing. I, I, I don't know if that's the end times deception or not, but, um, you know, I'm sure it has to do with with something um, to that effect. Um, but yeah, that's it's. I think right now the the government's been using it as a distraction, 
you know, bringing up UFOs and all that, but it's, it's always sort of there in the background. Um, and so, uh, I, I, and I think what, what, um, gosh, I'm forgetting his name again, the, the flat earth blues. I don't know why. I uh, Mark Sargent. Mark Sargent. Thank you. Uh-huh. You know, that really resonated with me in, in, in that, um, presentation that he made about feeling caged in and not knowing what's beyond, beyond that, that fence, you know, when you feel like you're trapped. Um, and I, and I feel like people without knowing it, um, that that's what it is. They, they, they feel special. They, they can go beyond, um, you know, Antarctica or whatever. So they, they get, um, they just have their little lives and they're just doing what they need to do to get by that week, that, that month or whatever. And they don't think beyond that because why think beyond that? You're, you're, you're trapped. You're in this, you're on this spinning ball in the middle of space. And, um, if, if people had, um, if people had any knowledge that God is literally there above us, um, I mean, it would be a game changer. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, we can't have that, can we? I mean, the direction this world is headed, we, we, we can't have that. So I think Satan's working in double time, um, to keep that disinformation around and keep people feeling, um, afraid and, um, yeah, I uh, during that conversation that I had with my friends, one of them uh, brought up the the whole, well, how many people are in on the lie? Do you think everybody's lying? Do you think, you know, and, and I just compared it to evolution. Um, you don't need to be part of a conspiracy to be to teach evolution. Right. That's right. We know it's a lie as Christians. All my friends and I know it's a lie. We, we don't believe in evolution. We believe we were created. And so if if your teacher in high school is teaching evolution to you, they're not in on a conspiracy. They're being taught what they were, were, were taught. Um, it's a lie, but they don't know it's a lie. Um, and I think I think the shape of our earth is the same way. You don't need to be part of a conspiracy. It's just part of it's part of the fabric of who we are. It's just it's it's. Um, you're indoctrinated with it and it's just, it's a snowball and people just teach what they were taught. And, um, you know, hopefully we can break through that at some point, but that's just the way it is. Flat earth and evolution are very similar in that, um, the, the lie is so big that you don't need to necessarily be aware of a conspiracy. You're just, you're just regurgitating what you've been taught over the years. And you're, you know, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're misinformed. A hundred percent. And two things I wanted to touch on is people need to realize it's not a coincidence that you're allowed to travel freely to basically uh, any country in the world. I mean, you're not going to go to North Korea and maybe Iran and a few other countries, but you, you can freely travel the world except for Antarctica. And not only can't you travel there, I mean, if you want to pay the ten, twenty thousand dollars to go see Deception Island or Rothschild's Island, you, you can get the token picture and come back, but you can't freely ex, ex, uh, explore down there. And it's not a coincidence that people who are in on this treaty, you know, are sworn enemies, China, Russia, you know, we're, we're on the verge of World War Three, but we, we are all on board uh, with space and Antarctica, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but you know, I, I, let me ask you this because I, I heard you. I actually just today listened to your um, talking to Dave Weiss, and he obviously is an influence too. I love, I like his voice. He's got a good. He's got a different kind. Of, you have a really great radio voice. Dave's voice is so peculiar that it kind of like grips me. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, when when you see the like, we'll take SpaceX, all these rockets that supposedly go into outer space doing their thing. And, and and their their trail leaves an arc, right? So it doesn't go straight up; it leaves an arc. That's right. Uh, what have you ever heard the refutal from? Like, what, what do people say about that? I've I've never heard anybody say, "Well, no, it's because of this or it's because of that that it's making that arc rather than just going straight up." Do you know what people say about that, or is you know, it, Dave's? If I remember correctly, something about. Like, do you remember Apollo, was it 13, where they used the gravity? They went around and they used the gravity to slingshot themselves. I've heard that one time before. But, again, it doesn't make any sense because it's not like it goes up uh, hundreds of miles and then starts to arc. I mean, it's literally within the first 60 seconds you see it start to turn. and. uh I, I always say, because I did some research on the Bermuda Triangle, it was just about the same time in the 60s when we started dumping the rockets in that area where the stories of the Bermuda Triangle started, and uh, boats would avoid that area. And now it turns out it's it's a rocket grave. Well, so, so then I guess the question would be, if, if you knew, for example, they were going to be blasting something off to Mars or whatever they say, um, and you had the, the time and the means to go camp out in your boat out. And I mean, do you think the Navy or whoever's out there, you know, you know, move along, move along. Oh, you know, get, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, then I wonder, you know, I work with a guy, um, was in the Navy for 20 years. He just retired not long ago, but, um, kind of want to ask him. I, I told him that I believe in flat earth. He's a Christian and he actually was pretty he was all right with it. He was actually kind of he was shocked, but we had a, a good conversation. So I kind of want to ask him about that because he's been all over the world. And um, I don't know that to, that to me would be such a spot. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being on a boat and being able to film SpaceX dumping into the Atlantic? Oh, they would scoop us up so fast. with it. If we got that footage, we would disappear off the face of the earth so quick. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, I wonder what the mechanism is for that. I know it sounds really naive, but I just wonder, you know, how many ships do they have out there monitoring? I mean, you can all, I, and again, I don't know enough about the technology the Navy has. I'm sure it's extraordinary, but I just wonder what, I mean, if you're just in a fishing trawler out there, right? That It's just, it's that easy for them to know you're out there, just camping out there waiting to see where this rocket's going. I, I mean, I guess. Makes sense, but yeah, I mean, could that. it could it have happened before? Certainly, I think it could have. Uh, the expanses of the ocean, the ocean is so big. I mean, it makes like against seventy percent. And, and uh, I've had friends who would ride the boat because we would send equipment to an Iraq. Most of us flew, but we always had to send one or two reps on the boat to uh, escort the equipment. And just uh, you know, the guys face it that the ocean just you're in the middle of nowhere, and they would go days without seeing another vessel. So the expanses of the seas are just so huge. So I think it, the, the chances of somebody actually being around uh, in certain spots, I think they probably know what spots are inhabited by fishermen and 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 what 
uh, areas are not uh, to the effect where they are able. I mean, listen, they can manipulate everything on this world. So I'm sure they can manipulate and have radar locks on who's out there and who's not and where to drop it. Uh, I'm assuming, again, all this is, you know. Yeah, we, uh, I, I worked for the railroad for, for some time as a conductor and an engineer in California. And we used to go by Vandenberg um, often. Uh, that was right. I would go from San Luis Obispo to uh, Los Angeles. And um, quite a few times they'd have a rocket out there on the launch pad, you know, smoke coming from it. And then we would have to stop short of it for 100 miles or whatever, one way or the other um, during launches. But a lot of times we'd go by and they were just preparing and we got to see the uh, uh, and back there. I did back then. I didn't believe in flat Earth. So I just thought it was amazing. And they are amazing. They're huge. Um but but on that and on like the, I kind of now that I think about it, I, I kind of answered myself. So that one time we were we were coming back from Los Angeles out in the middle of nowhere, going through the Vandenberg, you know, the space there on the ocean, along the ocean. And uh, there was a homeless guy um, and he had probably five to ten armed machine gun toting Vandenberg people surrounding him because wow. he had gone past you know, there's a fence and, you know, there would be warnings here and there, but, um, uh, obviously they've got, <laughs> they've got the technology to find one homeless guy, you know, walking beyond where he was supposed to walk. So, yeah. And when we talk about so these, I guess if you're in the ocean, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's So I guess I answered my own question. I guess it's probably pretty easy for them to find somebody out in the, in the middle of the ocean where they're not supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't even know, uh, it may be Navy, uh, but uh, th there's lots of high-end, especially in this country, there's a, a lot of high-end security companies out there that they could use um, that they, they would have, I'm sure they could have their employee, their employees sign, in, you know, non-disclosure agreements. And, um, and listen, we all know that if you pay somebody enough money, they'll shut up. They'll look the other way. They won't say a thing. Money is uh, that there's unfortunately there's not a lot of people out there that have the conviction uh, to turn down that much money just for simply uh, turning your head the other way. Yeah, or, or that are being put in a compromising position. And they don't want that. Like for, our politicians. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See Jeffrey or, Epstein. Or, I mean, even <laughs> yeah, but but. So let's take the uh, let's take the, the the Challenger explosion and and the uh, you know the the great twin debate yep. with all these uh, astronauts who have twins. Um, I mean, to me, there's one or two that are a little bit like eh, I'm not seeing it, but there are a couple that are like there's just there's no question that's the same person. But somehow, well, not somehow they just keep their mouth shut. They're paid off. I don't know, but I. How is it that somebody is not like in that person's face with a uh, with a microphone and a camera asking them, "Hey, you look strikingly familiar to this guy that blew up in the space shuttle." Yeah, the, the 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 one guy I don't remember which one it was, but even uh, like his right eye was kind of pulled. I don't even know how you explain that the, his eye is kind like of. Troops. Yeah, it, it's like the same guy today who apparently had his own company with a cow um, on like his company logo yeah. was a cow, like on a rocket or something. It, it, yeah. 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 
you can't yeah, make it I up. Yeah, I don't get it. It's just so crazy that, that, that you would think in, in that instance, okay, we're paying you a few million dollars, just go and be anonymous. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you paid me, if you said, Mark, here's 10 million, go be anonymous, you would never hear from me again. Like, that would be it. Like, I could, I would, you would never know who I was. But to go out and to start a business and be out on the web and, I mean, you have to kind of work hard these days to not be on a Google search. Um, yeah, for sure. But to, to have your face, yeah, but to have your face out there, um, you know, running a company and I, I don't know, I, that one to me is kind of bizarre. I'm not quite sure if it's a mocking thing. Like they know that we know, but they don't care. Um, but that one to me is just about as obvious as you can get. Um, of course I was, I was in eighth grade when that happened, I think 86. Um, and that was a big deal. You know, the, I, I was at a Catholic school and the, the teacher, um, was a nun and she came in crying and told us, and we ended up going home for the day. And I watched that thing on loop. Um, I mean, I remember what I was eating the whole time, you know, that had that much of an impact, but I was watching that explosion on a loop for like everybody else, I'm sure for hours. So that one was ingrained, ingrained in, in my head, kind of yeah. like the nine 11 thing, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. That that fear based mind control, and uh, that that that's one reason it will. Uh, people are quick because they saw it on TV with their own eyes. And uh, Nixon said people won't believe anything until they see it on the television or hear it on the television. And that is uh, really one of the most powerful tools that the enemy has is the television. And one of the weird connections I always thought of is well, number one, these people. If if you look going all the way back to Apollo eleven, of course, there's your numbers. But these people are Freemasons, so they are already compromised well before they're even the face uh, of something like this. They've already been compromised. They know not only will they face um, difficult times, but their family members will too. Um, But the one thing that I always found interesting was, of course, Krista McAuliffe, um, if I remember the story correctly, she'd only been a school teacher for two years, right? So uh, this, yeah. she appears out of nowhere. She's a, a school teacher. By the time she's selected, it's just two years. So a very new teacher. And then, of course, she has a twin by the name of Sharon McCullough, um, who was from Syracuse. But she is also a cousin uh, of Terry McCullough, who is, I think, the current governor. I think he's still the governor of Virginia. And, and all these connections go on. And then the, uh, Gabby Giffords, the, the, the politician who got shot in Arizona, her husband is an astronaut and has a twin. Yes. So these things, yep. you, you, if, if you gave the script to a Hollywood director, they would throw it out the window because it's just too far-fetched. But uh, coincidence or reality, I mean, who knows? But it's just... Well, the incestuous... The incestuous relationships between, um, you know, tech and politicians and, you know, actors and actresses. And I mean, it's just like RFK, you know, he's, and I like him well enough. He seems like a decent person. Um, but, uh, you know, he's married to Cheryl Hines, who's in, you know, on TV. Um, it's just, it's interesting to me, the circles, they, um, Nobody ever, none of these people ever marry just an ordinary person, you know? 
Like he, I, a, a bank teller or, or somebody who works at a restaurant, it's, they're always within the same within the same circles. Um, and 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 maybe that's just because they all go to the same, you know, cocktail parties. I don't know, but um, there, it's it's not it's not an accident that judges are married to major prosecutors or to you know, you know, uh, CEOs of major corporations. Or um, it's just that prior to the internet, really, it was difficult to dig in that much and find out how, how deep these relationships go. Yeah. And so many things with RFK, you know, the way his wife died in 2012 and uh, his current wife is an actor on the world stage. Just uh, and like you said, I always say, you know, if we're such a free country where uh, we tell our children, if you work hard enough and you do the right things and get good grades, you could be president. Anybody could be president. But it, that's not the case. It's the people from the same family running for president over and over again, the people on the world stage. There is zero chance me uh, or, or you or anybody listening right now, I'm just giving you the hard truth. Uh, we don't have a chance to be president. It, it's just impossible. Do you feel, though, that, um, you know, I, I just probably had nothing to do with flat earth necessarily, but do you feel like, because I believe the word of God a hundred percent. And, and when I look at, when I look at prophecy and, and revelation, of course, um, you know, we're on a, we're on a collision course with, with the future, with our faith, um, according to scripture. Absolutely. And I just, and, and there, are people, there are people who will say, you know, we can, we can, I don't want to, I don't want them to say put words in their mouth, but somehow we can, you know, stave it off. But I feel like the, our present situation um, and how it's exponentially worse. I mean, almost daily to say that somehow we're going to, you know, we're going to somehow ease off on this craziness. I'm just not seeing it. I don't, I don't see, I don't see one person coming along and, and, and saying like, Oh, I, I can, I can fix it all. And we're all going to get along. Like that's just not going to happen. I'm just wondering, you know, of course, when you're raising a, I'm raising a child, you don't want it to be that way. You, you know, I think people are hoping, you know, it's more hope, hope that things are going to work out. Um, but I, I see us on, on a collision course and, and it's going to happen. Um, and I suppose the more people we wake up to the reality of, of our world, the better, because obviously a lot of people have come to Christ through this ministry that you have, for example. Um, but to think that somehow we're going to push it off, a year or two or 20 years or whatever. I, I just don't see that possible. Yeah. So the, the, the thing is man is inherently flawed and anytime man's in power, he has, has can very easily be manipulated. So, you know, on one part of me, you know, the Bible is very specific that nobody knows the day or the time when the end is going to come. So we, we may think uh, these are end times and it could be next week. Uh, it could be after our, our lifetime and I think what you said, no, there, there's not one single person on the world stage who's going to save us. Not Trump, not, not uh, RFK Jr., not, not anybody. But, right, if we can possibly wake up enough people and, um, you know, change things ourselves, uh, basically turn, it, we would have to turn our back on D.C. It starts at the community level. 
and uh, say, I'm just not going, you know, civil disobedience, for, for lack of a better word. <clears throat> it, it would take mass civil disobedience, and that means peaceful, um, to, to do your own thing, stay community-based, and um, just ignore. If we all <laughs> ignored uh, the, the federal government and, and everything they decree, and, um, you know, there, there's so many things. That, that's the thing. When you let something fester so long, uh, you know, each passing day makes it harder and harder, right? Um, and, and that's why we, you know, I'm not here to blame other generations, but the fact of the matter is we've never uh, held anyone at the top of the government accountable for anything whatsoever. Um, and now that the federal government has grown into this giant octopus with so many tentacles, I mean, how do you, uh, you know, end the Fed and deal with that $33 trillion in debt and all these three-letter agencies that, well, now you've got how many hundreds of thousands of government employees? What would that do to our country? Because the federal government is the largest employer in the country. So there's... People are loyal to their paychecks. They're not want to give up. You know, they hate the government, but they they dislike the government, but they like the checks. And uh, it, it is just a sordid mess, right? It, what do we do? That That is the, the million-dollar question. Then I guess it comes full circle, your, your belief in God, understanding that man does not control you, that the earth was given to us God, by God. God didn't sign it over to uh, Joe Biden, and Biden signed it down to the states, and the states signed it down to to us. No, he gave it directly to us. We have allowed uh, these corrupted people to, to claim it for themselves, and uh, they've spoiled themselves with the riches uh, at our serfdom. Yeah, and and having worked for small government, uh, you know, local government, um, to, and, and right back to COVID, um, you know, I would sit in management meetings, and what they were telling sort of the rank and file was different than what we would discuss in management meetings. Like, you know, that rank and file were being told, oh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna mandate. But in, in meetings that we're having, they're saying the opposite. Like it's it's coming. It's coming. And and when you recognize that, you know, we were small potatoes. That was small local government. Um, they and, and there was corruption there, no doubt. Um, and, and you it, you know when you metastasize into large giant either large city or large you know federal uh, government entities, um, there's just so much corruption. You can't, you can't get away from it. Um, and, and all you can do is like what we did. I mean, I, I guess the argument could be made that we ran away. I mean, I've, I've heard that from people, not, not about us specifically, but I mean, the, I guess the argument could be that, you know, we didn't stand up, we, we left. Um, but I heard somebody say this before and I, hundred percent why we didn't leave Washington Washington left us you know we we arrived there in a way and it's like it, it walked away from us the place that we moved into walked away and something else was put in its place so we had to find another place um, because it wasn't going to get any better yeah and, and, and that was obvious so yeah and you know even at some point uh when things were really bad we had you know looked at ecuador there's there's a pretty large american expat uh population there and the dollar goes a long way 
And uh, we kind of get to the same conclusion. You know, we see this as a global event and there's not really too many places where you can kind of take off too. So we made the decision to uh, dig our heels in here, but where we are is not bad as in many of the other places, like say a Portland or Seattle or uh, say a Minneapolis, you know, places like that. Um, but everybody has to do You're in Delaware. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, uh, Kent, which is, we only have three counties. I'm in the middle one way out West with the Amish folks. So we're, we're out in the, in the country. Awesome. Awesome. Just, and, and you, you, uh, cause I was going to say this before, I mean, before, before we parted, I wanted to say, I mean, I, I really appreciate that you're able to do this. I mean, there have been other flat earth type podcasts out there that I've, that I've listened to. Even Dave, you know, had a, had a, had a good one. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's difficult, I'm sure, to have a podcast and keep it rolling and, and keep the topic alive and fresh and all that. And somehow you've managed to, to do It's actually blown me away. I can't believe how many you can do this. You're like the Stephen King of flat earth podcasts. Help them out. Uh, but but you, you, you pulled it off somehow. And I think it's, it's awesome. Um, I just hope you could keep it, keep it up because I think it's a, you know, it's a ministry in itself. I'm sure you view it that way too. Oh, a hundred percent. It's a, it's a mission. It's, it's a labor of love and uh, it's, it, this isn't my podcast. This is our podcast. Um, the first 10 episodes were kind of scripted in a way that I wanted it to do. I understood completely that when I first started this podcast, that it, it's a niche podcast with the fact hunter. I can talk about 9-11 one week. I can talk about JFK the next week. There, there's never a lack of things to talk about. But when you're in a, in a niche podcast, you you have to continue to to stay fresh and keep people interested. And then when people started reaching out saying that they'd like to share their thoughts, and I saw how it was impacting people. I said, this is how we're going to do it. And and I think it's worked out really well and it's made me a better person. And, you know, people challenge me with questions and uh, I, I try to be humble about it and realize that I'm not going to be right about everything. And it's a learning experience. And um, it's it's been very rewarding. The emails have been very uh, humbling and I've had a lot less trolls than I than I expected. So uh, it, it's really been a blessing. Have you been able to remain, I mean, somewhat anonymous or, 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 or people like on your door? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not anonymous at all. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's interesting. There's sometimes people drive by and stop and then keep going. I don't know if it's the NSA or, or a listener to the podcast. <laughs> so. oh, I heard if you cover your roof with foil. There you go. <laughs> lead paint, you know, lead paint. That's the, that's the other conspiracy theory. They said lead paint was bad for for the kids because for some, you know, everybody eats paint. Um, but but the truth is, lead paint will actually uh, keep people from being able to spy on you. Really, I gotta I gotta load up on that. Yep. <laughs> there was actually a, when I worked for a city in, in uh, near Seattle, there was a, um, a house that we had to respond to. I actually, I, I we we ended up calling. Um, like a welfare check because the person had covered up all their vents. Oh wow! Um, yeah, that's not that's not a good thing. I don't. No. I don't. I, and anyhow, come, come to find out, it was an older person who thought she was being spied on. So yeah. Hey, have you ever um, heard of the YouTube channel called Vibes of Cosmos? Vibes of Cosmos. Let me see if I am. It sounds familiar, but. Um... Let's see, Vibes of Cosmos. Uh, I am subscribed. Yeah, it's uh, they got okay. almost eighty thousand subscribers, and uh, Babuska of Cosmos—that's their newest one. 
So I, I, this guy kind of validated it as the way I felt when I was a kid, and he, he invests a lot of time in this idea of um, the the moon as like a plasma, and somehow it, it the craters or what we view as the craters are almost like a, a like a snapshot of of the old of the old Earth um, as above, so below thing or whatever. But um, I just it's really interesting. He's put a lot of time and effort into it, um, and I just find it find it really interesting yeah his, so. his it looks like his second most popular video was the world map presentation that's probably the one i need to check out how i get i'm assuming that's kind of the reflection of uh the world map on the moon yeah yeah it just it's uh he definitely puts puts time in so kind of uh I, I'll, I'll just check in here and there but i've definitely sat and watched quite a few of them yeah he, he's um, got a lot of views yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've, I've just really had a great time listening to your podcast. I, I just hope it just keeps um, steamrolling ahead and you get more people. I mean, I, in a million years, I never would have um, thought I would reach out and, and want to speak, you know, to potentially, you know, thousands of people. But uh, it was more just an opportunity. I felt an opportunity to talk to somebody outside of my wife <laughs> um you know about some of these topics um and uh so it's just appreciate it. i hope i hope you keep um keep at it yeah th- that's certainly the plan and, and i will tell you that that the one kind of common denominator is that uh while we all have our friends and family etc i think a lot of us feel like we don't have someone to talk to about the things we're passionate about like let's say flat earth right i can't Many of my family members, I can't sit down and and break down the firmament with people or Antarctica. That you just get the, uh, what do we call the uh, the deer stare? You know when when a deer's in the middle of the road and and the the car light hits them, they just kind of the, the thousand mile stare. So it, yeah. it's kind of hard to have um, a conversation with things you're passionate about. So when two people get together that are like minded. And you could look, I mean, we've been going for 75 minutes now and it seems like 10. So uh, I've had a great conversation with every single person who's come on. I've learned, I've taken away something from every individual and I'm sure the audience has as well. Yeah, I would agree. I think everybody that I've listened to there, you know, they're coming with their own, their own views and, um, you know, they're just normal, normal people kind of just sharing where, where they're at. And I've learned a lot, learned a lot from uh, quite a few of the people have come on onto your show. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been really great. And I really appreciate the, the time and effort you put into it. Well, I, I appreciate having you and, um, I'm thankful to hear your story and I admire your courage of doing what you had to do to take care of your family. And that's exactly in a lack that that is the perfect way to say it is you had to do what you had to do to take care of your family, you homeschool, um, I've really come to realize in the last, very recently, you know, when you ponder these things is, you know, with public school. And again, I listen, guys, I'm not judging anybody. Everybody has their own path. But, you know, I I thought, why? Because many of my other kids went to public school. And just as a whole, right, as a country, we send our children off 
to have their minds molded by perfect strangers. And that's not to say there's so many tremendous teachers in the education community, right? There are plenty of them, but do they have the same moral compass? Do they have the same, you know, the, the family values and these type of things? And these children are going to school for, if you count kindergarten, 13 years, eight hours a day with complete strangers. Now you can't, that there's something to say about, uh, you know, with friendship and the growing up with other children, right? But um, this is just something I've really thought about a lot recently is we as a country, we, we, we send our children off to complete strangers to have their minds molded. To some people, that sounds like a stretch ridiculous, but to me, that's how I've come in my golden years. That That's how I think of school, especially now that we know how how it's been hijacked and there's a rhyme and a reason for everything, how critical thinking has been eliminated and it's, you know, just the indoctrination, memorize and regurgitate. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, our homeschool adventure started because of COVID because we were sending our daughter to a, a really good private school and uh, they, you know, she had to go to the zoom classes. And at some point my wife was already expressing interest in doing homeschooling. And I said, why are we paying this much money per month for Zoom classes? I mean, and the way I looked at it was, okay, this is now, even if they brought her back three months from now, you know, the first child to sneeze, they're going to close the school down again. And we're right back to paying a lot of money for Zoom classes. And I, and that really started us um, on, on homeschooling. My wife had already done some research on it and she's, um, she's awesome. She's taken to it. That's they're they're out of a uh, homeschool co-op today. Um, my wife's taken up gardening. Um, when we first moved up here, I uh, we built some raised beds, and she's it's unbelievable. We we've got to give stuff away. We have to so much. Um, so you know we we came out of a bad situation for sure, but you know we came out here and you know thank God the the home prices when we left the Seattle area were insane and and so we were we were able to buy a house for cash out here twice the size we had in, in seattle um and so that put us on a on a financially you know arguably better um footing uh, minus minus the pension in the future um you know I'll, I'll get a little bit but you know it won't be what i was expecting but i i still have time to figure that out but i but i think all in all um considering what we came from and where we are now uh, even though there's been some, you know, obviously there are going to be some ups and downs, but um, overall it was, there's just no question, no question that it was the right decision. Like, I don't think either of us feel any other way. Um, it's just now we got to uh, kind of settle into the, because it is a new environment for sure. Um, little culture's a little different out here, but in a good way, but you got to kind of get used, used to being pe- people being so nice. <laughs> That blew my mom away the first time she came to Texas to visit us, and everybody used ma'am. She's like, because up here, people are uh, quite different in Delaware, specifically more up uh, by the city, um, up north in the Wilmington area. Um, (laughs) And to go down there, everybody, you know, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Uh, You know, even children hold the door open for you when you're walking into a building. Uh, it it yeah. is that there, there are still places in the country like that. Um, not everybody's entitled and, and the news and the social media will, will put a magnifying glass on the, the people like that. But the, the fact is there's still plenty of really good people in the country. Yes. And, and, but like, like we were saying before, um, you know, just bringing up like the, the, if, if, 
people do get together and they fight the government, let's just say, or, or when parents get together and they fight the, the school boards. That's probably a really good example, you know, and they're doing a very positive thing. They're saying, okay, we, we don't want this curriculum taught to our kids. And they have every right to do that. Um, you know, what, what happens is the media rushes at them and paints them as extremists. And what it does is it, again, to that fear, it makes people fearful of being outed or doxxed or whatever the case may be because they wanted to stand up for their child. And I think that's... Uh, because you had brought up the fear, and I and I and I do think that that's a um, a weapon, uh, particularly in those cases where um, they they want to shut people up. They want to make it parents afraid to go to school board meetings or afraid to go to the local um, you know uh, town council meetings and and say that hey we don't want this in our town or whatever the case is because now they're going to be painted as um, extremists or or whatever. Um, and I think that that's, it's going to take a lot of really strong people who almost like they just don't care. They don't care if they're threatened. Um, and people are out there like that. I, I would think I, I'm like that. Um, I don't mind if I'm threatened, but, um, but of course, you know, if it's my family's threatened, that's another thing. Um, and, and I don't put anything past the power of that be, of course, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think people still have a lot of power, like you said, to ignore, um, go about their life, think, be with like-minded people, um, and fight. Be be um, picky about what you fight for. You know, pick the right battles, and be smart about it when you do it. And um, that's kind of all you can do, really. Um, approach it. Um, you know. Uh, be educated on the topic before you barge in and, and, and know what you're talking about and, and put your best foot forward and just, um, you know, try your best, try your best to fight the fight. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, the, 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 this has been a great podcast. We've touched on a number of different things and each and every one of them are, are connected. Um, and they all come back to the flat earth and many of the things we talked about is control and fear and, um, Freedom, and to me, you know, and, and as we uh, start to close here, is that you know when I did realize that uh, we weren't on a ball, that uh, God was sitting right above us, looking down, uh, as we talked about in uh, Isaiah forty, uh, it was very freeing, and I didn't, you know, the the, the Fox News and, and the Newsmax and all this other stuff, it didn't, it wasn't important to me anymore. Um, you know, uh, it, it, people will sit all day long and argue about which guy's the better guy. And at the end of the day, the best guy is is Jesus, and he he's going to save us. If you're going to put your faith uh, in, in a man, put it in yourself, right? Put faith in yourself. Don't look to others to help you. But at the end of the day, realize that our time here on earth is just not even a drop in a bucket compared to eternity. And um don't get wrapped up in the noise is really what I like to say. Don't, don't, don't buy the hype. Don't get wrapped up in the noise. Um, take care of your family. Try to be a better person every day. And um, if you have conviction, like look at your family, Mark, where you are today, you, you have a great life and things worked out for you. And the same happened, um, you know, for my wife and her career, she, you know, she held her line and she went on to bigger and better things because of her conviction. So, um, and listen, not, maybe not every story happens that way, 
Um, but I, I do think good things happen to good people. And um, if you live by your rules, right, and I don't mean it in a selfish way, but if you live within your, your, your uh, moral compass, you're going to be okay. Because, again, the people at the top of the food chain, they are – I hope people understand by now, and we're talking, you know, August of 2023, that they are not looking out for your best interests. That's for sure. So it's it's been a wonderful podcast, and I can't thank you enough for your time, but I do want to give you, uh, you know, the, the final uh, say here in this conversation. Yeah, I just wanted to say again, uh, thank you. Um, I know – Kind enough to say it's it's both of us. It's everybody working together on, to make your podcast a reality. But the the bottom line is, I'm not spending the time creating a, a podcast that gets out to a bunch of people. You're you're putting in the footwork. I can't imagine the uh, the amount of time and effort and follow ups and you know the days that don't work out. We don't get to hear any of that. You're just kind of uh, doing what you do. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to the next you know, a few weeks of podcasts, you put out so many of them, it's, I feel like I can't catch up. So, um, and I would tell anybody out there that you, uh, that you sticking up for what is right in the, in the end um, is worth it. Even if there's some blowback and, and sometimes there's going to be blowback and you just have to rest, rest assured that if you're doing it for the right reason and sticking up for, uh, your beliefs that um, in the end um, you'll have done done right by God. Amen to that, and and thank you so much for being willing to come on and share your story. And again, to everyone who's listening, I know these stories resonate with everyone. Um, trust me, I know I get the email. I that the emails I read on these podcasts are less than one percent of the emails that I receive. The personal messages and everything else they mean a lot to people. And thank you, Mark, for coming on and sharing your story. God bless you and your family and your future. And uh, to everyone who supports the podcast, uh, you know, try to share it with your family and friends. Um, there's going to be some, uh, I think, because uh, this will be out Wednesday, right? Yeah, I think we have some exciting uh, news coming up in the very near future. So stay tuned for that. We're always trying to make things better and more user-friendly. So stay tuned for that. For Mark, I'm George. God bless everyone. Keep your head on a swivel. Until the next time we meet, we will see you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.